This is UI Therapy, episode 8. Cue the music. Welcome to the UI Therapy Podcast. My name is Jake Hopking, and I'm a user interface design and development expert, online user experience consultant, digital product designer, and I'm also a keen photographer and complete coffee addict. Each week, you're going to learn actionable strategies, mindsets, tips, and tricks that will help you take the guesswork and confusion out of designing and building beautiful and intuitive user interfaces. This podcast is your secret weapon in cutting through the paralysis of tooling, framework, and methodology analysis. And now, onto this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to UI Therapy. Sorry it's been so long since the last episode. I'll get into why in a moment um, before we move on to the main content of this episode. But a little bit of a change from how the episode was intended, how it ended up. This is now going to form the basis or the start of a series on sketch and my tips and tricks and my maybe my workflow and my and the way I use sketch to make intuitive and extensible and maintainable design documents or design libraries and I mean I've used sketch for seven or eight years I think now and I've built some pretty complicated and pretty extensive style guides and design systems within it I mean I know that we have dedicated tools and services now to help maintain and help create design systems but I've been doing this stuff inside sketch for years so it's my my default my go-to for all design when it comes to web and mobile and that kind of thing so yeah I hope you find this series useful and if there's anything you want me to cover I'm happy to create an episode on it if it deserves an episode so just with that in mind there's a there's a few minutes of me talking about why there's been a month gap in the scheduling the episodes and then I'll get into symbols in sketch but bear in mind that when I recorded it I had intended to talk about many aspects of sketch so there may be some references to other parts or upcoming parts or that kind of thing but actually just realize that realize at the outset that this episode is, is purely focused on symbols i thought i'd give you my listeners a bit of an update on basically why why there's been no episodes for the last i think well i think maybe for the last month or the last three weeks at least i'm not going to go into any great depth about why but suffice to say that my my daughter was quite quite unwell for for a while and we had to go into hospital for a couple of weeks and yeah it was pretty intense time pretty 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 stressful to say the least as she was rushed to hospital um three weeks ago or almost four weeks ago now and then we were transferred over to Great Ormond Street Hospital. I'd like to thank the amazing staff and the really splendid care we received at Great Ormond Street Hospital. It really was 
remarkable um remarkable service and um yeah i mean great ormond street is certainly a jewel in the crown of the nhs um it's what the nhs can be i think it's an, uh, an amazing institution anyway but yeah to sort of give you guys uh, an update on why i've been away um and then when we got back i took a a week of kind of relaxing or trying to adjust back to normality and um you know my wife and i have been slowly getting back to back to normality um but anyway yeah my daughter's perfectly healthy and fine and doing really well so it's all good and yeah all good hopefully nothing like that happens again um yeah so just to ease back into this podcasting stuff into these episodes i'm going to do a quite a simple one this week just to get me back into the flow and but here are a few kind of tips that i recommend that you follow for your use of sketch number one symbols it's one of the yeah it's one of the most useful and probably most widely known features of sketch but probably one of the most underutilized aspects or features of it it really is it really is a, a very powerful very powerful way of organizing your assets and your design components within inside your sketch document but a lot of the time people don't bother to use it and as an example i recently worked on a a short contract which was a bit of a UX UI and React development and they had outsourced to a designer and also outsourced to a dev company separate design and dev entities and I had to do some new user flows new user journeys some new new design new new part of the website which needed to have some decent UI design as part of that process and the design document which I had to use was I try not to swear on this podcast but sometimes I think it's necessary it's a fucking abomination <laughs> it was just utter shit utter garbage and it, I've got a very fast machine and just switching between documents on sorry just switching between designs in this document would slow my would slow my computer down by you know a, a notable amount it would take a one or two seconds just to be able to then use or interact with the design and then you know copying and pasting was equally painful so i had to actually i had to recreate the design from scratch in a new document and then follow proper build or proper organization or proper conventions or standards with inside sketch to have a fucking workable document obviously that was a waste of time <laughs> and i mean the um oh, i'm not, not going to name and shame but if the person is listening to this podcast chances are very slim but i'll just give them an, an acronym which i'm sure they'll they're readily <laughs> they readily associate with the design they did jam j-a-m if you listen to this Seriously, up your game, man. It's terrible work. 
Anyway, rant over. So yeah, symbols. <laughs> back back to back to the um back to the content here and uh, back away from the 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 away from the the ranty the rantiness. Use them. Go to sketch.com and read about how to use symbols. I'm going to give you a, a kind of a simple, a high-level view of how to use them and kind of what they are. And then I highly recommend that you actually follow this because it makes life so much easier for you, particularly. And then also it makes orders of magnitude difference to those that inherit your work in the future. Firstly, organise your symbols with logical naming convention. So the way that naming works within Sketch is a, a kind of a folder hierarchy structure. So between the names or the, between the folders, in inverted quotes, you have slashes. So you could have like button slash primary slash active, for instance. And that would, you could, out, you could output that um, into, into, when you export things, you can, ex, you can export them into folders and it would, it, would, it, would, it would export them as button primary active in nested folders. But also it allows you to find and replace your symbols within inside your design in um, a drop-down hierarchy. So if you have a hundred buttons, you can select a button and you can replace it with other buttons from a, in a logical way. If you haven't named your buttons in a logical way, it's almost impossible to find the different design or find the different state, the different button state. I mean, this is just buttons, but it applies to everything within inside Sketch and within inside Symbols. So firstly, get your naming correct and keep the convention strict. It's really, really important. Secondly, I would recommend nesting symbols. And if you have any idea about atomic design, then treat your symbol construction, treat your creation of symbols in a atomic way so you'd have your like your most basic stuff in the example of a what could we go here we could go an example of a form yeah, you'd create a label that would be a symbol and you'd create a input that would be a symbol and obviously with the inputs you can have multiple states so name them correctly and then you'd have like I don't know, help text or button and these are all atoms these little bits but but bringing them together they'd form an organism. And then that organism is a symbol in itself, which is built up of these individual atoms. So all these little symbols build up into more complicated symbols. Complex symbols, probably, is the better term. And the beauty of this is that you can then quite easily create varying states for these smaller atoms, which you can then change at the organism level. So for instance, once you've created an organism or a form item, let's say, and you have what's made up of your, as I said, your label, your form input, your placeholder text, your error text, your button, whatever. If you, when you, when you have various states of those atoms, at the organism level, you can create states which will then override your base component, your base organism, and then you could have multiple states, multiple versions of a symbol, although there's only one actual symbol, if that makes sense. So you'd have one symbol, which is defined as a, a normal label, 
a normal input, a normal button, a normal error message, or maybe error message is hidden. But then you can create a copy of that symbol and you can override with a error message showing with an error state of the input and an active state of the button, for instance, or a disable button. And you only got one symbol, but all the items that make the symbol allow you to up, uh, override and change. If that, I hope that makes sense. But anyway, it's a very powerful feature and one that you really, really should invest some time in learning. And it should be, it should be your default workflow. My next little simple tip, well, is it a tip? I'm not sure, but it's something you need to do is for your various states or your atoms, you've got to make sure that they are the same size. The canvas size for the states of an atom need to be the exact same size. Otherwise, you cannot select them at the override level within a component or within a, an organism. You can't override the individual atoms if they're not the same size. Regardless of whether you've actually followed your naming conventions, if they're not the same size, they won't appear. So it's a simple one, but a really important one. And, and now my final little one for symbols is naming of the atoms within inside an organism. So you may have, so your organism may be made up of things like button and input item or input field or label, all these little things. You can have quite complicated symbols, of course, and they may have, when you're making them, you're probably not really giving them proper names or you might be calling them quite specific names. So instead of saying title, we might call it name or instead of saying input, you might call it name input i don't know it could be anything like that but when you're actually creating a, a symbol which you plan to use in a kind of more dynamic way you need to make sure that when you have created that symbol you rename the atoms within inside it generic names just because then it's easier to understand what you are changing when you are creating states of a component or of a symbol um i think i hope that makes sense <laughs> it's kind of hard to um, explain things sometimes through <laughs> through audio, isn't it? You need need a picture, but um, I think that make, I think that makes sense. Another little tip when it comes to symbols, <laughs> I can't believe I spent quite so long on symbols, and I was actually planning to cover five or six topics around sketch, but actually, symbols is such a an important one. I think there's a lot to cover here. So actually I'll come back to other aspects of Sketch in future episodes. This could probably form part of a little series on Sketch, actually. I think it's probably more useful rather than trying to cram a bunch of stuff into one. Let's make this more of a deep dive. So with that said, let's finish off the, the symbols. <laughs> and I think my final tip on symbols is... Again, an important one. Actually, it's a really important one when it comes to resizing your symbols. 
and this is pinning. There's within inside the the panels within the sketch on the right hand side underneath the dimensions and um, sizing boxes there's our, our pinning boxes and I think you really need to invest a little bit of time in understanding how these work and appreciating how they work. Essentially they allow you to define how a layer behaves on resize. So a simple example or simple yeah, a simple example is if you had a form input, you would want to define a fixed height, probably. If it was a, a text area, then you wouldn't. But if it was a form input, you'd want a fixed height and a dynamic width. Sketch provides a very nice little preview box. So once you've defined your edges, which 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 edges you want to pin to, and also you have defined whether it's a fixed width or dynamic width. You can hover over the little preview box and it'll show you what's going to happen on the resize. So it's quite a neat little tool. And this stuff is really important to get right because when you are creating forms or creating anything, I keep referring back to forms because it's something that actually use quite a lot. Specifically, you need different states for forms and different buttons and different labels and all that kind of stuff. So that's a really strong use case for it. But actually, once you've started using it, you use it everywhere. It's just becomes part of your natural workflow. And another little side aspect of alignment and fixing and pinning and stuff is actually when you come to create your symbol and in the pop-up that pops up before you save the name of the symbol, there is a drop-down which is called alignment. And you need to get this right as well. So you need to play around with it. And but essentially it is when if you're stacking if you are stacking layers next to each other, or stacking so say for instance you had a bunch of buttons and they're all they're all from the same symbol. And it will tell you how that they flow together. So if you had three or four in a line, when you increase the width of one through overriding the text width or overriding the text content, which then flows into how wide that atom is, and it, then it tells you how the rest of it should knock onto other layers. And I don't think I'm doing a very good job of explaining this. Um, another example, a simpler example, is if you create a button, and then you come to when you come to create when you come to save the symbol, it will ask you if you want to have it dynamically centered, or if you want it to be left aligned or right aligned. And what that means is the text itself. Do you want that to be default? line to the left when you resize? Do you want it default line to the right when it resize? Or do you want it to keep it in the centre and then the padding you've defined already, so if you had a 20 pixel on e either side, do you want those to be maintained? So when you're adding more text than would usually fit into the width of the, of the button, Sketch will then push out the button width and maintain 20 pixels on either side. This is, um, again, quite, quite hard to explain in audio, but just go to sketch.com and I'm, and I'm sure they have pretty good examples. Otherwise, experiment. That's how, that's how I've learned all this stuff. 
actually. I mean, I, I'm one of those people that, <laughs> that always avoids documentation. I just like to play around and get an intuitive sense of how things work. So, yes, I think that will cover this episode of Sketch. I was hoping, as I said at the beginning, to cover three or four. No, I was hoping to cover five topics of Sketch within this episode. But actually, symbols is so important that I think that I think it deserves an episode to itself. So, hope you enjoyed that. If you have any tips for Sketch that you think I would benefit from learning, or if you think other users and other listeners would benefit from learning or hearing about, please let me know, and I can happily do an episode on that. So, in, in the future, I was planning. Well, in this one, I was planning to talk about how to make your design collaborative through creating libraries. And I think actually that probably needs its own episode as well. I was going to talk about measurements with maths. That's a really simple one. I'll shoehorn that into a different episode. Talk about document colours and we need a, an episode on textiles. We need a, an episode on layer styles. We need an episode on maintaining icons and how to change the colours of icons through symbols. That's a really important one. And I think that's going to be quite difficult to explain over audio, but I'll, I'll do my best. And then I was also going to cover a few of my favourite plugins. That was quite ambitious for one episode. So yeah, let's, let's break this up into a few more. And maybe not next week, or actually, that's another probably another side. I'm not sure I will be doing weekly episodes. It's just too much with a full-time job and a young baby and finding the time. These kind of short episodes are fine, but managing and finding the time to interview and pre- prepare for an interview is um, actually quite a lot of, a lot of work goes into that. Um, at least three or four hours of prep plus the extensive amount of time necessary to create the show notes. Not that I'm, not that I'm whining. Um, I'm enjoying this process, but just thought I'd share why. So I think going forward, I'm going to be co- going to a, yeah, maybe a fortnightly format. I think that's probably much more maintainable and more valuable, I think, because then I can spend more time or spend the time necessary to create quality content rather than just kind of panicking <laughs> to rush stuff out. Um, yes, anyway, I'm rumbling now, but that's it. Thank you so much for your time again. And if you would like to help the show, please write me a review on iTunes. That would be super. Anyway, thank you again. And until next time, take care. Show notes for this episode can be found at uitherapy.fm. If you enjoyed listening, one really easy way to support this show to leave a quick rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, as it really helps other people find the show. If you have any feedback or questions for this or any other episodes, you can reach me on Twitter, at UITherapy, or I'm at Jake Hopking. Or you can send an email to show at uitherapy.fm. Thanks so much for listening to UITherapy, and I'll catch you next time. Cheerio! (laughs) 